Welcome once again to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Todd Walker. We're doing this series called Sermon Extras, where we take something from our sermon on Sunday and we dive a little deeper into it. And we have been studying through the book of Colossians. So we continue to find ourselves in Colossians chapter 3 today. And this time we want to talk about the subject of joy. Last time we talked about the subject of sin. And sin is a very weighty but necessary topic to speak on. But today I want to speak on something a little easier to speak on, which is the idea of joy. And joy is something everyone wants to have. It's something everybody uh, seeks after in this world. And so it's something I want, to I want to focus on today. And really the reason is because we find it in the text. It's in Colossians chapter 3. And this is the way Paul speaks after telling his people that they should put on these acts of righteousness. He says in verse 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So that's really the verse we're going to focus on today, is this idea of joy welling up in our soul to the point where we are singing to the Lord, praising the Lord, thanking the Lord for all his goodness in our life, and even to the point where we're speaking about the Lord to other people with delight in our soul. And this idea of joy is really a transcending kind of joy. It transcends any joy the world knows. And we're going to look at a couple aspects here where the world understands what joy is, but the joy that the scripture speaks of is much, much richer. And I want to give you a couple illustrations of joy we face on this earth, or can face on this earth. First of all, there's this joy that we get when we avoid something really scary. Maybe you've experienced this joy that... Um, some huge trial came into your life and it was looking really scary for a time. Maybe it was a health thing. Maybe you had some tests that had to get done to see if you had some kind of scary thing. And maybe those tests came back negative and you found out you avoided something really scary. Don't you remember the joy that filled your heart when that happened? Or maybe it's just something in the moment. Something scared you in the moment and you thought something really bad and dangerous was going to happen. But as soon as you realize you're okay, joy floods your soul and your heart. So there's a lot of different ways that joy can fill our hearts based on that scenario. Something presents itself to us that looks very dangerous and scary, and it looks like our life is going to get much, much worse, or our life could even be threatened. But when that thing passes and it's no big deal at all, we have joy that floods our soul. I have experienced this joy. I have five children. And our five children have had, it seems like each one of them has had their own episode of kind of a scary thing. And uh, you never really know when that scary thing comes, if it's actually going to turn out to be really scary or if it's going to be no big deal. But thank the Lord that uh, the scary things we have encountered so far have turned out to be really no big deal. And I remember hearing the news from the doctor that we can go home and that our kid's going to be okay. Joy floods my soul and I'm just so thankful for it. So that's one aspect of joy that people can face on this earth is when something scary comes into their life um, and when that thing passes, joy comes to us. The second one is when joy enters your soul because you get something really great. And again, this could be as a child as you get a, a nice good present for Christmas or your birthday. Or it could even be as an adult. Um, you get a brand new job that you've really been looking for or wanting and they finally call you and say, we'd like to hire you. Uh, I've had those experiences in my life. In fact, <laughs> I'm happy to say that I recently had that experience in my life because I was hired 
by Wyoming Valley Church to be their pastor. And honestly, genuinely, joy filled my soul when I heard that news. And it's still there, thankfully. Um, but maybe you've had that experience in your life where joy has come to you based on getting something really great. Maybe it was even just something like a car or a home or something you've been anticipating for a while. When that thing comes to you, it's kind of like this honeymoon period um, where you have this uh, initial real joy from getting something you've desired for a long time. So that's number two, joy that can come to you from getting something really great. Number three, that I've experienced myself too at times, is the joy that you get when someone speaks well of you. Someone speaks highly of you. Someone comes up to you and encourages you and, and says something great about you. That's joy, isn't it? Joy floods your soul at that moment when someone speaks highly of you and says, I've noticed this about you and I want to encourage you. And someone even recently did that for me and it really encouraged my soul. And I had joy from that. And I think that's a good joy to feel that way. Uh, not in a prideful way, of course, but get, giving glory to God. But I think it's okay to feel joy when someone speaks well of you. So that's scenario number three, is that even people of this world who don't belong to Christ can face those kinds of joy. And those are good things. These are not bad things. This is not the joy and the things you get, happiness you get from sin. That's, that's a bad joy. That's a joy that's rooted in evil. But the joy that I've mentioned here is not joy that is rooted in evil. It's joy that's rooted in good things. But the problem with each one of these is that the joy is very short-lived. I mentioned the honeymoon period. The joy is there for a time when you avoid something scary. You have relief, and then that relief kind of passes, and you kind of get back to life. Uh, the next one, when you get something really great, again, there's that honeymoon period. You're just so thrilled, so thankful that you got that thing. But then a week or two or even a month goes by, and the joy fades, and you just kind of want something new, or you forget about how great it was to receive that thing. And that's just kind of how it works. And even when someone speaks well of you, it doesn't last that long before you realize you know, someone else speaks poorly of you or uh, the joy from that moment just fades and life just gets hard again. Life just gets monotonous again. So those things are joy-filled experiences, but they're not good enough. They're not the joy that the Lord really wants for us because there's another scenario where you and I can receive joy and it's joy that's rooted in obedience and faithfulness to the Lord and this is the joy that we discover in Colossians chapter 3, where Paul says in verse 12, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So he gives us this long list of things that you and I need to put on as Christ followers that are things of righteous living, things of fruits of obedience, and they're things that really aren't optional. You and I, if we follow Jesus Christ, must be practicing these types of love. But what's interesting is it's not just a list, a chore list to get done and report back to God and say, you know what, Lord, I did it. It's over. Thank you. What's your next errand for me? It seems like... Paul is saying that when you practice these things, joy fills your heart because he goes on to talk about letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly to the point where you're singing songs. You're praising God. You're even singing songs and praising God to other people. 
and you're so thankful to the Lord. And I think this kind of joy is joy that transcends the joy the world knows, because this joy isn't temporary. It doesn't mean the feeling will always be as high as it is initially, but the joy is rooted in investment eternally. And that joy will not spoil. That joy will not fade. That treasure will never be taken from you. And that's a different kind of joy. I want to look at a couple other cross-references here that sort of cement this in our mind. There's this one from Acts chapter 5 where the apostles are arrested for speaking about the name of Jesus Christ. And the Sadducees and the people, the religious leaders of the day, are really angry because they hate Jesus. They don't want to hear about him. You know, Jesus was crucified and um, what they thought the problem was solved. But now these apostles are teaching about the name of Jesus. And now they have a new problem. So these, these people, these religious leaders, are filled with jealousy, it says in verse 17. And so they arrest the apostles and put them into prison. But what happens is the apostles get out because the angel of the Lord opens the prison doors and the apostles go right back into the temple and start speaking about Jesus again. And this makes the religious leaders furious. You know, they come back and are very confused about how they got out. But all they know is that these people continue to teach about Jesus and they hate the name of Jesus, so they're going to do whatever necessary to shut these men up. So once again, they, they arrest them, they you know, take them by force, or not, not by force, but they take them in to the council, and the high priest questions them, and he's basically saying to them, listen, we charged you not to teach in the name of Jesus, yet here you are filling Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But listen to what Peter and the apostles say in response to that, and this is going to build up to our idea of joy. They say, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Which is really a powerful thing to speak back to these religious leaders who can put you into prison, who can flog you, who can even have you killed. And Peter's basically saying, listen, it's kind of like the same thing uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to King Nebuchadnezzar when he demanded that they bow down to his golden statue. They said, listen, we're not going to do it. We have one God, and we will serve and obey him only. And back in that story, they threw him into the fiery furnace, and they survived because God protected them. And in this situation, they arrest Peter and the apostles after they say this thing. They make them very angry because of what they said. It says they were enraged and they wanted to kill them. But instead of killing them, this guy, Gamaliel, or however you say his name, basically says to them, listen, if they are of God, then this is a fool's errand that we're hurting them and trying to imprison them. And if they're not of God, they're going to fizzle. So we really don't need to freak out here. So they don't kill them. But what they do is, in verse 40, they charge them once again really strictly to not speak in the name of Jesus. But before they do it, they beat them. They beat them. And really the idea of beating back then is they would take this thing called a, a cat of nine tails and they would whip them 39 times because 40 was enough to kill a man. So generally what they would do is they'd back it off one. So most likely what would happen is they whipped these guys with this really severe uh, whip 39 times. 
And then they strictly charge them to not speak about Jesus anymore and they let them go. Well, you might be thinking, that's the worst day anyone's ever had. I've never had a day that bad. I can imagine the gloom and the dread that was in these guys' soul as they leave to go, man, this is the worst. How can we go on as Christians? But that's not what you find in the text. It says in verse 41 of Acts chapter 5, listen to this. Then they, the apostles, left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. Verse 42, And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Isn't that striking? That they're arrested, they're charged, they're dragged before the council, they're beaten, really severe beatings, and then they're let go, and you think these guys would be hanging their heads and hating life, but it's very much the opposite. They are rejoicing. I get this idea that they're kind of high-fiving each other, going, yes, you know, we got flogged for Jesus. And it's the kind of joy that I look at going, man, that is the joy I want to experience. Because it's joy that's rooted in obedience to the Lord and faithfulness to the Lord, which is the best kind of joy. Because it's not based on circumstances that come to you. It's based on glory to the eternal King of Kings. And that treasure, that, that time, will never, ever leave them. They will take that into eternity. That treasure will never spoil or fade. No one will ever break it and steal it. The apostles, Peter and the apostles, are able to take that treasure with them forever. And the joy of that treasure will also be with them forever. And I think that's astonishing. That when it's joy that's rooted in obedience and faithfulness to the Lord, it transcends the joy of this world. It doesn't have that honeymoon type of period where it just goes and fades and leaves you and you're just waiting for the next time when you can get something joyful. Because it's joy that's rooted in the glory of the King and it's joy that's rooted in eternal investment. And every single time you and I invest eternally, we have it forever. That's the entire point. It never goes away. One more cross-reference to give you. In John 15, Jesus is giving this long discourse about abiding in him. He's telling his disciples to not only believe in him, but to abide in him, to remain, to continue following him. And it says, even in verse 10 of John 15, listen to what it says. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And you're like, ah, Jesus, okay, commandments, that's not really what I want to hear. I want to hear all about heaven. I want to hear all about, about the great things of following Jesus. I want to hear about all about grace and all the things that you do for us and all the forgiveness we receive. I don't really want to talk about obeying your commandments. That's hard. That's costly. That's not something I really want to do or think about. But Jesus continues in verse 11, and I need you to listen to his language. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Do you see that? Do you see the link between obedience and joy? When Jesus says, when you obey me, you will have my joy within you. And my joy is greater than the world's joy. It's greater than the joy you receive when something really scary passes. 
It's greater than the joy you receive when something really great comes to you. It's greater than the joy you receive when someone speaks well of you. Because it's not man's joy, it's God's joy. And when you seek and strive to obey the commandments of God through Jesus, he gives you his kind of joy. And Jesus says, not only do I want to give you my kind of joy, but I want your joy to be full. I want it to abound. I want it to spill over. And that's the kind of joy I want us to think about today. That's the kind of joy you and I can have by seeking and striving to stay faithful to Jesus and obeying him. And it feels like a lot of people don't really want to talk about obedience today. Nobody really wants to think about the aspects of what we need to do in the Christian life. It's all about what can God do for us. And although that is a good part of Christianity, a really good part is what God does for us, that's not the end of the story. Because God doesn't exist for us, we exist for him. And we need to remember that. But the amazing thing about this is that when you and I obey the Lord Jesus Christ, it works out best for our eternal joy. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I have. I have received joy from following and staying faithful to the Lord in, in trying circumstances. And sometimes I've failed. But those times that I've stayed faithful to the Lord, that joy is, is real. It transcends the world's joy. It's joy that I can't even really describe. Because when I give glory to the King of Kings, based on something that I do or something that I obey, it means everything to me. Because my one desire is to please Him as a Christ follower. And so when God gives me that opportunity and, and I stay faithful to Him, there's nothing like it. When I say no to a sin that has been plaguing me for years because I want to love Jesus, there's nothing like that joy. So the Father and Jesus are telling us, obey Jesus, obey him, because it works out best for your joy. And when you experience the joy of remaining faithful to Jesus, giving glory to Jesus, and investing eternally, that's the only kind of joy you ever want again. Every other joy seems cheap and temporal, because it is. So there's an interesting link in scripture between obedience and faithfulness and the joy that you receive from doing that. And I want you to think about the apostles again. What made the apostles so happy that day? It says in the text, because they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus. They love Jesus. They remember what Jesus did for them. They remember how much they have because of Jesus. And any reason and excuse to give him glory is a joy-filled experience. And I don't know if I'm there yet, I'll be honest. That's something I need to think and pray about more. That's something I need to um, take my perspective even to higher places in the Christian life to go, am I really willing and ready to give glory to Jesus no matter the cost? Because of the joy? And Jesus even wants us to have that joy from obedience. That it's not just about chores. It's not just about doing this and avoiding this. It's about living for the purpose you were created and redeemed. Because when you do that, everything makes sense. And God gives you his kind of joy, which is unmatched and unrivaled. 
So I pray that we'll think on this today. We'll think about how we're obeying the Lord, if we're obeying the Lord, and what things are holding us back from doing so. Is it the joy of this earth that we want over the joy of Christ? If so, we're choosing the wrong joy. We're choosing joy that only comes to us for a short season. And then we have to keep filling that moment, that keep have to filling that feeling. And that's, that's a bad way to chase joy. The right way to chase joy is to invest eternally by giving glory to the King and obeying His commandments. And I hope you'll take these words to heart today so that you and I can have the joy of God and that our joy may be full. Blessings to you as you seek and strive to obey the Lord Jesus today. Thanks for listening.